is Digital Marketer. Today, we have Mike Arcee, Dominic Cummins, and Garrett Dontremont. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Snavely, and today, I get to be a fly on the wall along with you for a conversation between two sales geniuses and someone who really understands agencies. In this episode, our senior agency success manager, Garrett Dontremont, talks with Mike Arcee of Loud Rumor and Dominic Cummins of Apex Agency Growth about outbound lead gen for agencies. Between the two of these guys, they've logged thousands of calls, closed millions of dollars in sales by using the tactics discussed in this episode. You will learn how to build a prospecting list from scratch, the mentality you'll need heading into your first outbound prospecting calls, the time that you should allocate to prospecting and communicating with leads as an agency owner. They talk about the tech stack that you'll need in order to run successful outbound prospecting. And you'll also know a little bit more about what to look for when hiring your first full-time salesperson. As a bonus, we've included a live on-air role play of outbound prospecting calls for agency owners. This is a stacked episode. Oh, it's so good. And I really hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Well, I wanted to get y'all in the podcast booth here after a great partner training day because, you know, your initial title was cold calling, you know? Yeah, I didn't know that until I got here. Well, now you do. (laughs) And so, you know, we tried to talk about this before, you and I, but, you know, I think this is the perfect opportunity. We got Dominic Cummins here, who's also a fantastic cold caller. He was in the back of the room whenever you're on the stage saying, yeah, cold calling is the way, yeah, you know? it works. So, mm-hmm. And we got Mike Arce over here on the other mic just so we can introduce everyone. Nice, so, nice. You know, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I just want to hear from y'all. You know, like our audience is agency owners. Mm-hmm. And so how can agency owners get on the phone cold and go get clients, you know? Well, you just said it. Get on the phone cold, pick up the phone, and then go get clients. So the cool thing about cold calling is you already decided who it is that you're calling, so a lot of times, you know, when you get a lead coming in, you don't know who that lead is. So then it's not even the perfect fit. And what happens is sometimes we begin to settle because we want business. Mm-hmm. And eh, this guy's not really the best fit, but we could probably help him out, right? And that kind of sucks. You should be excited about taking on a client. But who would you get most excited about? The people on your dream list. So let's get the dream list going. Who fits the ideal clients? And then make that huge ass list. And you could do it yourself in the beginning. It's expensive and time, but you can also hire people in Upwork and just say, hey, you know, here's the criteria of people I'm looking for. I want businesses that do this for a service. I want businesses in these particular markets as well. I like targeting people that have at least 10 reviews on Google because that tells me that they care about their internet presence. It's hard to get at least 10 reviews. Um, Then I want people that have at least a 3.8 star average of reviews because my philosophy is if you can't treat your customers right, you're definitely not going to treat me right. Um, (laughs) Hashtag truth. (laughs) It is, right? Like you'd think they care about them first before us. So we do that and then just say, hey, here's a spreadsheet. I want you to gather their company name, their phone number, And uh, if you get the business owner's name, that's great too. And then also the amount of reviews that they have, put that in there as well. The average rating that they have, and then just a snippet from one of the reviews, just a snippet. So if I'm calling Don, one of the things I'd say in the call is, hey, I really liked your studio. I love what you're doing. I even saw one of the things in there that stood out to me. You, You helped this girl, Mary, lose like 50 pounds, change her life. She said that 
it was like the best thing that could have ever happened to her marriage. And I mean, I, I didn't have to keep reading any further. I had to get you on a call. Right. And so now that's something much more powerful because I'm not just using a dialer is what a lot of salespeople, you know, mm -hmm. use. I'm actually, I, I researched you, which I did. I just didn't do the research, but I got the benefits of the research, you know. Oh, for sure. I'll go back a little bit on it too. And also think from a marketer perspective, I talk a lot about this in our group is like, if you look at, it's the reasons why you should be telemarketing and people call it outbound calling and every other, it's, it's freaking telemarketing. Like mm -hmm. just own it. It's fine. It's been a thing that's worked for a long time. And if you look statistically, like if you think cold traffic on an ad campaign, you're pretty happy if you get somewhere between three and 5%. Yeah. Which you're probably not even actually really getting three and five, but on a cold traffic campaign. But the thing is, is it feels like it's really easy. And so marketers default to Because you're it. not failing. Yes. And you yeah. don't know who's coming to your landing page and rejecting you in a sense. Like, yeah, you can do some retargeting on a pixel and stuff, right. but you really don't know who's coming to your landing page. So it's not like, oh, Mike Arce just rejected me. But telemarketing is different. It is Mike Arce who just rejected you if it does turn. Like right, it, right. now you have a face to this person who is a human to human contact. But you look at telemarketing, it converts at 10 to 14%. The statistic I hear most is 14.5%. So call it 14, 15%. Look at the difference between those closing percentages. And Anything, who fits the yes, type of the dream exactly. list, right? Right. And it becomes your ideal client, which is why they close at a higher percentage. And then, of course, if you're face-to-face, -face, then you should be closing, I think, at, at least 50 60%. But let's say you close at 40 But, they, like, there's no question that they get harder and harder as you progress up that mm -hmm. list. But, like, it turns out, by the way, running a business is hard. And there's no easy way around this. But I love what you're saying. Like, I think leading off that call... I have a slightly different approach. What we like to do, and I'll just give you an example of what we do is instead of doing that on a call, we'll do that as a warm-up loom ahead of time. Okay. Like, so if you're an agency and you're specializing in SEO or whatever, like I would do it yeah, yeah, you're yeah. doing it for your situation. But if I'm an agency, I'm calling them up and saying like, hey, I was on your website. I love this thing. I love this thing. But hey, let me show you something real quick. I just wanted to show you like your tags aren't firing. And I, yeah, that's yeah. something that you could fix super easy and it becomes value in advance. And mm -hmm. it also is like, this dude actually looked at my website and took the time mm -hmm. to do it. Now, does it take more time to do the research you're talking about or yeah. the research I'm talking about? Yeah. But again, it's your dream list. Yeah. Like it's you're going after the exact people. And so then I follow up with a phone call and say like, hey, I sent you a video the other day. Something I wanted to share with you. Again, value in advance. Like if I'm talking to marketing, agency, hey, marketing agencies close at an average of 11%. I don't know if you measure your number, but I'll tell you that number surprised me when I heard it. And then you just start to get them into a conversation. And now somebody's like, oh, wow. That didn't feel like a telemarketing call. Yeah, and one thing that's really good too, the list that you build. So when I was cold calling, you know, exactly. as a main thing, as my most of my day, you know, I'd call about from 80 to about 110 people per day. And there's people that call way more than that. But when you're cold calling, there's two factors into it. There's call counts and call time. Call counts are how many calls you made. Call time is how much time you've actually spent in conversation. The better you are at cold calling, the higher your call time is going to be, mm -hmm. meaning your call count is going to go low because you're on the phone with people limiting the amount of times you can call. The worse you are at cold calling, meaning getting someone's attention and being able to give you more time, the higher your ticks are going to be. So you're going to maybe get 180, 200 calls in a day. So I'd get anywhere between 80 to 120, right? So you figure at the end of a month, let's say on average, 100 a day, you're talking 3,000 people that you actually reached out to. Now, let's say you only converted about 25, 30 of those people, right? Which might be the number that you end up closing at. What about the other 2,970 people that you didn't close? Well, you probably didn't even get a hold of a good half to two-thirds of them, right? But that 1,000 people that you did get a hold of, what we like to do is, 
hey, Dom, look, I know right now you're probably not ready to make a decision. I didn't expect you to because I just called you out of the blue, but I don't want to be out of the blue. I want you to at least know more who I am. So next time I do call you, it's a better conversation. Mm -hmm. Can I send you a link that'll show you exactly what we do, how we do it, and why we're different? Because I know that's what you care most about, right? Why we're different, how we're actually different. Yeah, I'm going to send you that link. All you got to do is just check it out. It'll take you less than 30 seconds to look at it. And then from there, we can have a conversation if you like, but promise me you'll look at it. Yes. So now out of that thousand people, maybe you get 600 to 700 of them actually click on that link where now I can retarget to that list on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. That list is pretty damn clean. It's my dream list, right? Number one. But number two, now if they do understand retargeting, right, then they go, wow, this company's actually doing what they're supposed to be doing as marketers. If they don't understand retargeting, man, that's that guy that called me. Maybe they are bigger than I thought, right? And then now when you do call them again, I've seen your stuff. It's better. So the, the calls get better as you go, and eventually it becomes more people inbound than outbound. That's exactly what happened to us about you know six months to a year in. But if you want to fire up right away and get people exactly that fit your model perfectly, like know who they are and just call those people directly. Yeah. So Dom is doing it different than how you're doing it. He's sending a link before you hop on the phone, right? Well, we're actually doing a very similar approach. It's just, you could it's, take that video and put it on a landing page and then yes. do what I'm doing. And so here's my theory around telemarketing. I'd be interested to see what you think because I know you, you yeah. and I have different styles on this, which is what I love. Yeah. Is my feeling around telemarketing is what people think about telemarketing is like, oh, I got to get somebody on the phone and sell them something. Well, it's not really what you're doing, in my opinion, right? Sometimes that happens. But it's also like, think about marketers. To me, a telemarketing call is nothing more than a verbal landing page. Yeah. You just had to get them interested in something to take another subsequent action. In most cases, you don't drive traffic to your website and then have them buy something. E-commerce examples aside. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're just talking about marketing, running a funnel, you get them to a landing page to get another piece of value advance so then you can retarget the crap out of them and then do all that stuff but you're moving them down this progression and yet telemarketing we're like hey garrett nice to meet you could you want to buy something i'm shortening it but like that becomes that and then that puts a lot of pressure on people because it doesn't feel good mm -hmm. where i'm saying is like look what you're trying to do is one earn more time on the phone which kind of is what you're saying like to me it seems like it's like it. hey listen i know you don't know me you're not gonna buy something from me right now but i'd like to just earn the right to talk to you give some me to me 10 seconds yeah give and me then, 30 seconds after that tens up yep and then the pretty soon you're in a five minute conversation because yep. you've earned the right to be in that conversation and then like a landing page the difference between a landing page is typically would only have one call to action in a telemarketing call you have two calls to action one is to get more time and potentially like an appointment if that doesn't happen, be okay with a downsell offer, which is to send them to a page where they're going to look at something. Let me just send you some info. Because then we know as marketers what we can do with that information. But I find that that helps me mentally to approach telemarketing. Oh, I'm not trying to make a sale. You're nibbling. I'm just nurturing. It, it, it's the same thing. You don't go up to a girl that you see that's pretty at a bar and, and you walk up to her and go, hey, you want to sleep with me? You say, hey, can I buy you a drink? Right? Can I buy you a drink? What, what is the equivalent of can I buy you a drink? Can I have some time? You know, a drink is going to be what? Two to three minutes. That's what we're assuming, right? Like it's going to be about two to three minute conversation, maybe even less if we're not interested. While we're waiting for the drink, we have two to three minutes. Hey, cheers. And now we're talking. Now maybe we're in five minutes. Can I get you another drink? Right? And then, hey, can I get your number? And then the sleep with me thing may come down the road. Of course, that's 
going to probably happen. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of chambers between that that you can lose a sale. When you first ask her for the drink, when she first accepts your drink, when you ask her for the second drink, when you ask her for the number, when you ask her to go out, like there's a lot of places you could still lose a sale. And same thing like Don said, you know, can I get 10 seconds of your time? Okay, you like what you heard so far? Great. Can you just give me 30 more seconds? Great. Hey, so we talked so far, you get it? Can you give me two minutes? Awesome. Hey, look, I'd love to show you what we're doing. You have 10, 15 minutes, open up your computer, I'll show you exactly what we do. Great. Hey, I'd love to have a serious conversation with you. How can we work together? Right. And so you can't just start off. Like he said, you want to buy something. Cause if you do that, it's too much. It's too weird. It's creepy. It's like the girl situation. Right. It's like what we used to deal with. Like when your home phone, when that was a thing rang mm-hmm. during dinner and somebody's trying to sell you knives or a thing or whatever, like mm-hmm. that's the telemarketing that we hated. Now it has become you are just building a relationship with somebody over the phone. And then to think in terms of a landing page helps me from a marketer perspective. Like marketers understand that. Like, no, I don't necessarily try to sell them something right on my landing page in most cases. I just try to get them to get me the first step. Awareness, engagement, like that type of stuff. And telemarketing follows that same Mm -hmm. pattern. Yeah, so often we're just trying to get the lead capture. You know, just give me an email address. I'll put you on my email list and then, you know, becomes that nurture campaign. But the point that Mike made earlier is so valuable because, yeah, yeah, and you've now sectioned your list off because you started with a list you were going after not to a blind audience. Mm -hmm. You were going to the people that you really wanted to talk to. And so the ones who agree to give you more time, those become your A's or ones or it doesn't matter how you score it. Your hot list, whatever. Then the next folks are like, okay, I didn't get them, but I now have an opportunity to reach out to them and nurture them through some other mode. Stay in front of them. Stay in front of them. It's how you and I got to be friends. Is like, yeah. I stayed in front of you with video. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I remember that. Right? Yeah. And this yeah. comment that you made. And so that was part of the story I told today, which yeah. was like, you know, which is just me posting videos, but because we connected and it was in front of him and all of a sudden he knew who I was the next time we saw each other. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to get the sale out of Mike, but the principle is the same. It's just how you develop a relationship with another human being. Yeah. And that's all this in, is. In, in sales, what I've started to learn more and more of is the sale doesn't begin even when you first cold call them. It's crazy. The, the sale begins before they even talk to you. Mm-hmm. And so now I'll cold call still occasionally. And in November, we had like a full like boiler room day. But here's the cool thing. Some of the people that I called were like, wait, is this really Mike Arcee? They knew who I was. You know how easy it is from that point on? I don't have to justify the price. I don't have to, you know, be able to uh, make sense of how much your client's worth and all that stuff. I just go, yeah, yeah, you, you know us? Yeah, of course. I watch a GSD show. That's awesome. Hey, I'm looking at the list. I'm calling you because you're not working with us. Why aren't you working with us? I know, man. I've looked at it. I haven't been able to pull the trigger yet. No, you've been able to pull the trigger. You just haven't pulled the trigger. Why haven't you? What's gotten in the way? Right? So now the conversation is more of why haven't you done it versus can you give me a few seconds to show you what we've done? But that sales process started a long time ago before I even knew you would be on my dream list. So yes, the cold calling is great, but I do think there's a lot to be said about creating really good resources and content along the way that if a person does know who you are, you're not selling, you're closing now. You literally jump to the close. Like the part I was just role playing here, that was a close. Why aren't you working with us? We're closing now. I don't sell you anything. But if they don't know who you are, now I can continue to stay in front of you with all the content I've created. Mm -hmm. And then you may reach back out to me or when I follow back up with you, there's that credibility built and I go into the close. So I think for anybody listening right now, I think about, you know, what Ryan spoke at 10X, he gave a great talk and he said, what are the top 10 dumb questions that your 
customers are asking all the time, like, what color should my shopping cart be? And, you know, I think he said orange because Amazon does it. If it's good for Amazon, it's probably good. (laughs) (laughs) But you you find ways to answer and just stay in front and create good content. And, man, I can't tell you, sales has never been so easy right now for my sales team because they know who we are. They know, you know, the show and everything. So cold call like we did when no one knew who we were. And along the way, build up and do everything you can to make your life easier, not the same, you know, going forward. Yeah, I think we're going to run into so many people who listen to this who have no outbound telemarketing Mm. strategy whatsoever. Mm. Um, And so starting from scratch, obviously, like the list building is so important. Starting from scratch, you got a list now, Bill, Mm -hmm. because we talked about that process a little bit. Mm -hmm. We have our criteria set up. We're taking that to Upwork. What are the next steps from there? Put your phone on Do Not Disturb. Don't get any notifications. Turn off all things that could be notifications with the exception of email because as your salesperson, you got to be reactive. If a lead comes in that's responding to you that you cold called 20 minutes ago, you need to get that email right now, right? So I turn everything off. I let everyone know, leave me alone. I set a timer for how long I'm going to be co-calling for, and I do not break until that time. Usually it's anywhere between 90 minutes to two hours. And you can't go longer than that before you, you, like, you want to kill yourself. So mm-hmm. you got to like 90 minutes. Okay, I'm going to go 90 minutes straight. After that 90 minutes, you stand up, you go walk around, you get a drink, you communicate with someone because you might have not communicated with anyone for 90 minutes. You might have been blown off for 90 straight minutes. So get some rhythm, get some talking, get some conversation in, 15 minutes of that, go right back in, and then repeat and do it again. But keep in mind, we talked about this yesterday at the bar. There's more than one way to get in shape. There's more than one way to raise a good kid. And there's more than one way to make a sale. And so, Dom, I'm interested in your process. That's the way I do it, but that's not necessarily the way everyone does it. Well, actually, that part, you just can't be distracted. It's not something that most people enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so if you allow yourself any wiggle room to get out of it, you just simply won't it. do it. And so I actually agree with that. I think we're more aligned than we thought. Like, because I do, I think you have to block out some time. So one of the principles I teach is around like how to manage your day and how do you do it. And if you picture like four quadrant or three quadrants, but like one is kind of going across the top, one is revenue. And there's revenue right now and there's revenue later. So it's just a sliding scale, right? And then below it is your responsibilities and then the regular stuff you got to do, the garbage. But if you picture that, the revenue right now is I've got to make telemarketing calls. I've got to get on a sales call with somebody to talk about something because I could generate revenue right now. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe you make an argument that cold telemarketing is maybe more towards the middle because it's not quite revenue in the future, but it's not revenue right now. It's somewhere in that middle part of it. But that has to be a portion of your day that you just devote to it because otherwise you just won't do it. And however you build the list, however you go about doing that, how else were you going to create the awareness that you even existed? Like, yeah, you can run traffic. But again, we just talked about that. The conversion rate is low on that. And you don't even know if the guy who's coming to you is the right person that you wanted to talk to in the first place. This is the most laser focused way to go after the people that are the right fit for your business with a decent conversion rate. Mm -hmm. The only barrier is usually you. Yeah, people just don't want to fail. And like you said earlier, you know, you can feel every failure in cold calling. Mm -hmm. You feel every one. Every time they don't answer the phone, every time you get a gatekeeper that won't put you through, every time you get on an owner that hangs up on you, you feel every failure. And it can be overwhelming if you don't have a strong mind for it. If you're weak, you're going to feel it. And uh, this is a perfect example. I was was at the Octane Raceway for like this entrepreneur event that they had. And there's this one guy who's a younger guy, 24, 25 years old. 
And me and this guy, Tom, noticed he kept looking over at this one waitress that worked over at Octane Race when he kept looking at her. And I'm like, well, go up to her. Me and Tom, we're both in our <laughs> mid to late 30s. Like, just go up to her. And he's like, no, no, I'm not going to go up. It's weird. I'm like, why is it weird? You're, she's right there. He's like, no, it's weird. It's weird. And then he, he's like, I got the master plan for it. And like, like, apparently he does this. He's looking on Tinder. And I never had a Tinder account. But from what I understand, it'll know that she's around here. So it'll pull her up or somehow like he can, he can zero in on her. And then he's wanting to find her to message her through the app. Dude, she's right there. <laughs> but he'd rather have an inbound lead or bus, meaning doesn't feel rejection. Then go up to her and literally feel the rejection. But while he's doing that, I'm not kidding you. Another guy went up and started talking to her. Now, I don't know if he hit on her. I don't know if where that led to. But me and Tom were joking. We're like, look, dude, it doesn't matter. While you're looking on Tinder, she's being talked to you right now. That was the fastest way. You can't tell me it's not faster. And I think some people just don't want to feel the rejection. They're just so weak, you know? And uh, in this case... Just know it's part of the game. Like baseball players, if you have a 300 average, that's good. Mm -hmm. But you're missing way more than you're hitting, you know? How do you move from weakness to strength? And that's part of it. You got to know that. You got to know that like, you know, the numbers that I have are if I make 100 calls, I'm probably going to talk to 10 decision makers. Decision makers. I'll probably talk to 30 people total, 30, 35, but I'll talk to 10 decision makers. If I could talk to 10 decision makers, I'll probably book around five demos. If I can book five demos, I'll probably get around three to show. If I can get three to show, I should close one to two. So if I'm getting 100 calls in and I close one or two of those, I feel pretty good. Like Dom said, though, it's not necessarily now, right? Like I may do that demo in a day or two from now. And then by the time I get them to close, it may be another week after that. So it's not necessarily now because we got to heat them up a little bit. Um, but sometimes they are one call closes. Mm -hmm. like, and that's like the best, right? One call closes is a phrase that salespeople love. One call close, one call. We all so know that's it. That's a chest bump in the parking lot. It's line. a chest yeah. bump, for yeah. sure. You, you walk around like that when you get one. Ring the gong. Yeah, you ring the dong, right? So I think you just got to know, like, this is more soccer than basketball. You're not going to get 120 points. You're going to get like two. Right. <laughs> well, and uh, you brought up a great point earlier too, is that you are building the list the entire time. And I used to put like, I haven't talked about this in a long time since I run big sales teams, but like when I had sales teams, I would tell them like, look, go through your telemarketing list. And just all you're thinking about doing is at least when you're start like cold start, you got, you know, a thousand people you got to call inside of your territory or whatever. Just start going through the list with relationships and see who you want to develop a relationship with. And there, every once in a while, you do stumble on somebody who's like, oh, actually, great timing because we mm -hmm. just had this epic failure with your competitor. So that's like the best. That, the that, best. that makes like 30 or 40 no answers worth it. But by the way, to use the analogy of that girl you were talking about, she might have been lonely and that guy went up and talked to her. That, you will never know that unless you do the. So you're one of my sales reps just said, Telemarketing is a little bit like being a vulture. You're flying over a particular field looking for a dead carcass. And it's a terrible analogy, but also kind of <laughs> accurate because you'll never actually see what's going on. You won't find that guy who's really upset with your competitor unless you telemarketing because he didn't know who you were, so he would have never reached out. But those are rare. The second part of it is like, great, get the people that you start wanting to talk to. That are like, oh, hey, Mike, you know, it's been a great conversation, but you know, I'm just not right there right now. We're pretty happy. We just signed a contract a month ago. It's not going to give us three months to look at. Great. Cool. Um, do you mind if I give you a call sometime? I'd love to just keep checking out with you. Yeah, you have to call me whenever you want. And you'll get those people. So then those become your sort of like, that's a great that's list. That's your warm lead. 
The good news is, is what you can do in the morning when you're ready to start your telemarketing. And you're like, man, I just don't feel like getting my butt kicked. Call the people you start like. Start with those guys. Start with those guys. Mm-hmm. And then that vulture moment will actually pay off with one of them. They'll be like, hey, Garrett, so funny you called, man. I haven't heard from you in a little while, but here's the thing. And boom, you're in. It's constant list building where you made that point earlier. A year later, six months later, a year later, suddenly it's a whole lot easier because mm-hmm. that list of people you want to talk to is massive and they all know who you are. Mm-hmm. And the ass- who were never people on there were never going to do business with you anyway. And you know what? I don't know if you found this, but like you start to get like, oh, let me see how much I can get them to get upset <laughs> at me. And I had a sales rep who used to go, he goes, I like to get it to the point where they send me a cease and desist letter. Like he was oh, joking I'm about not that, yeah, he, but yeah, I, yeah. that's a little, that's Cardone kind of esque. but like that's yeah. real hardcore. But I just, to get to that mindset where you're like, finally, like, you know what? It's fun. Like they're going to be a jerk. So let me just give them a call, like to yeah. see what happens on it. And it makes a story and you have a laugh. But if you've gone through that progression, you start out with some more of these, have some good calls and some guy beats you up at the last call, whatever. It just becomes that you got to put in the time. Yeah. And here's an important thing too. So you're going in. The way that you're looking at it, and were you at Ryan's 10X talk? Were you oh, yeah. Yeah. So he said something that, I think it was him, so many talks, but said something like, uh, stop looking at them as traffic, look at them as people, the real people on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes with co-calling. That's a real person. So, Dom, you got a mastermind going, right? Yeah. And it's for agency owners that want to scale, Dang. right? Okay, so now I want you to imagine that there's a guy out there, let's say me, I'm the guy, and I particularly have a company, right, that helps people that run masterminds get more agencies that want to work with people specifically like you that help them, right? You know that. Now, you obviously, like everybody else, you want more people in your mastermind. Right. Of course. So you're already actively marketing it and doing what you got to do like any other good business owner. Mm-hmm. Now, you find out that I'm the GOAT at getting people filled up in masterminds to help agencies. And I'm calling this guy's mastermind. I'm calling this guy. I'm calling this guy. I'm calling this guy. I'm calling all these other guys that run masterminds, but I'm not calling you. How would you feel? I'm calling everyone else and I'm giving them business. I'm getting all of them set up, but I'm I'm, I'm not calling. Why would you be mad? Where is my opportunity? Where's my opportunity, right? So in my head, I'm going, man, these guys here, why wouldn't I call them? How mad would they be knowing that I'm out there and I don't give them a phone call? They know I know I can help them and I'm not giving them a call. Am I too good for them? I'm going to call them. When I call them, I don't look at them as a cold call. So like I said, hey, hey man, I just want to give you a call. I was looking at your stuff on Yelp. I love what you did for Mary. That was awesome. We want to work with good people because it's just more fun. I'm sure you probably are the same way with your members. What does it take to get on a call? I'd love to show you what we're doing here, man. And they're like, oh, I really don't have time. I get calls like this all the time. I know. And I was already uncomfortable calling because I didn't want you to look at me that way. But what do I have to do like to not be looked at that way? Because I already called you. So I already put myself in a weird box. But how do I get myself out? If you're me, what would you do? If you're me is a good one. If you mm-hmm. were me, what would you do? And then now you're just having a conversation. You don't have to worry about like all that stuff. What would you really say? If you really wanted to work with that guy, zone the other 200 people on your list out and it's just you and him, and you really want his business, how would you talk to him? What would you say to get him to believe in you? And that's how I talk to him when I'm on the phone with him. Yeah, and it's that mindset shift, you know. I think so many people believe that it's icky, that cold prospecting mm-hmm. is a gross word, you know. Yeah, no, and, and so it's a shift in the mindset. But I think if you I really, really are good at what you do, I think you have a responsibility you share to get your, your gift out there. Don't be selfish. Absolutely. You know, you got 100 people here you can help, you're not calling them. 
you're gonna wait. And you're probably, <laughs> I think too, is if you have that mindset, you're probably too focused on the money and not about what you're doing. For or people. not failing, not getting rejected. It's like, you're not that important where you can't get rejected. No one cares if you get rejected anyway. You know, I could get rejected yeah. out of a hundred times today. If I did, I'd go home, I got the same car in the driveway, I got the same food in the fridge, my same wife that loves me, my same four kids that run up to hug me, same dogs that wag their tails when they see me. In fact, nothing changes by me getting rejected a hundred times today with the exception of that I know that it happened. Outside of that, nothing changed. Nothing. So just stop being selfish. Stop being so egotistical like you can't get rejected. You're too good to go out there and get rejected. Just get on the phone. When you fail, you fail. You get better at not failing at it and get the business. If you really want it, go get it. I'm sure you tell your kids that. Look, you want something? Go after it. Go get it. Well, I want that client. Well, go get it. You're going to wait? You're going to build a funnel? Dude, build a funnel, fine, but go get him right now. He's right there. So we've set a call block. We've called down the list, right? We've segmented people by whether they're hot, cold. We know what we're going to move forward, what we're not. What's the next steps after that? I agree with Dom said. I like getting momentum. So I start my day by calling leads that I said I was going to call today mm -hmm. first because I've already set that time. Like I, I said, yeah, I'll go, give you a call back on Monday. And uh, most of the time, as much as you can, you want to get a time and day. Uh, but sometimes you can't like, oh, just call me anytime Monday mornings or any specific time. No, dude, anytime before. Okay, so any leads that have come in overnight, I start with that. Then I call people that I said I'd call. Then I call people that I know have been cool, but they didn't answer the last time they said they would answer if I called them at that time. So I go with them because they're cool. We have a mm -hmm. relationship. That honestly, depending on how many people answered, how many you got on that list, that'd take less than an hour, right? And then from there, then you just begin your process and it's a repeat for the rest of the day, really. And again, through that, you're reacting to any phone calls, emails, texts that come in from those leads, but nothing else. Yeah, that leads to a great question, which is, you know, you run an agency, you're wearing tons of hats, you know, you're doing marketing, you're doing the services for your clients. How much of your time are you devoting to that outbound prospecting side of your business? I'd say 60, 70% of your time should be in some form of revenue generating activity. And that revenue right now was actually the group of people who said, call them back on this particular mm -hmm. time because those are potential revenue right now. Then it went down the list a little bit to the revenue later, towards the revenue later, like the folks who were cool but didn't answer the phone. Call. So they're maybe a little farther out. And then you're just moving down that list of revenue right now to revenue later. Above that line, we typically recommend 70% would be great. 60% is an ideal number to be mm -hmm. in some form of revenue generating activity. That's not just strictly telemarketing, I'll be honest. Like for me, video content, because I generate revenue off of video content. You do too. I mean, so your a stuff lot. generates revenue off of that. So there is that. That's a revenue later. So that's got to be part of that 60% of your day spent some sort of content production that you know is going to create that. But I mean, I want to hear your answer. But I like, <laughs> how are you not going to generate growth in your business if you don't focus at least, in my opinion, half or more of your attention on some sort of revenue generating activity? But I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Well, I think it depends on where you're at in your business too. Yeah, if you're a solopreneur... You know, and it's just you right now, then I, I think what Dom's saying is right. Like, you've got to be focused on sales. Because the more sales you make, the faster you can hire help. Yep. And you should be recruiting from day one. And you never stop recruiting because you don't want to settle. You want to have a bench that you're dying to get in the game, but you just don't have a need for them to get in the game yet. But you've already got, you already know who you want. I have the next six hires for my sales already lined up. So that's number one. Once you're doing that, you still got to service because you got to keep. It's just as important, if not more important, to keep because, you know, filling up a bucket with a hole at the bottom is not going to mm -hmm. be really a smart plan. True. So you got to keep as much as you can. So you got to service and continue to sell to your existing clients, just like you got to continue to sell to your wife, right, every day. But then as quickly as you can, you want to find a way to get 100% of your day 
focus on just revenue generating stuff. But that doesn't necessarily mean you are doing it. It just means you got somebody focused on it. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you could have 500% of your day because you got five salespeople just focused on revenue generating stuff. So a lot of it depends on your goals. You got to set some good goals. You got to know what has to happen for those goals and how many sales have to be made to hit those goals. What has to happen? Because it's a numbers game. If you want to add, let's say, to keep numbers easy, you want to add $30,000 in monthly recurring revenue and you charge $1,000 a month, that's 30 clients. Okay, If you want to get 30 clients and you're closing one out of every 100 cold calls, you've got to make 3,000 cold calls. So if you're going to make 3,000 cold calls, that means you've got to make 100 cold calls per day, including weekends. Well, it could mean that or it could mean you have two sales reps that are making 50 cold calls a day. could mean that too, right? So I think it's best working backwards. What do I want to accomplish and what activity has to be done to accomplish it? And then from there, you got to go. In the beginning, I think six, 70% is a good number, but then ultimately run, like start running to that goal as quickly as you can, build whatever team. I don't wear a lot of hats in my business. My main hat is team builder. And that means continuing to add people to my team and continue to develop my team. And that's all I really do at this point. And that's really important because the more people you bring onto your team and then develop them, the more that gets done without you having to do anything. But you got to see that as a vision and then get there as quickly as you can. In the agency world, Dom's world's different as a mastermind. He's got to do different things than I do because he's got to really understand what he's talking about. Um, he's going to have more people helping him versus him helping people. Right. Well, we're still, st we started the mastermind six months ago or whatever. So yeah, we're still, to exactly what you're saying though, like Doug and I do most of the outreach ourselves mm -hmm. and then we have to train the team. And ultimately what I want to do, because the mastermind's different, I still have a responsibility. My responsibility is so big to the members themselves right, to continue right. to provide that coaching and direction. But the sales activities, like the running of Apex mm -hmm. will have to be done by somebody else. Yeah. The delivery will be done by myself and Doug. Yeah, like, yeah, yep. That'll change a little bit. But no, I totally agree with you that like it has to be that progression. I think I was thinking a little more the newer agency, solopreneur, two people kind of thing. And mm -hmm. while yes, on the you have to keep the clients, there's no question that what you said is absolutely accurate. It's not an ex excuse to not continue to market. And that's where I see a lot of people fall apart. I use this teeter-totter analogy. like, or Or here's another one. You ever watch little kids play soccer? Mm -hmm. like under five-year-olds and wherever the ball goes the entire group of them swarm runs of bees. and uh, yeah the swarm of bees and you that's how agency owners get when they don't balance their business and understand how to run things so they go oh i'm gonna go revenue generating oh crap i landed a client and then they're swarming back the other direction and they're like oh crap i haven't done any revenue lately i gotta do that and we need people i'm gonna help recruit right and then they're all over the place when the reality is is if they set their schedule it's like okay great even though i'm trying to keep clients the first two day hours of my day are going to be just strictly some form of outbound thing and then I'm going to do an hour of video content and then I'm going to do the responsibilities. And if you set those expectations with clients up front and you're a smaller agency, your agency is a little different, but you have people. 50 like people, you, yeah. Right. Yeah, so for me, it's I still spend time revenue generating, but what that can mean for me is not getting on the phone with them. It can mean me getting with my sales team and role-playing yes. with them, setting goals for them, and then getting them to make the sales, right? To me, that's revenue generating because if I got five people calling today, that's more than I would do, Right in two hours. <laughs> okay, so we spent a lot of time talking about the solopreneurs, you know, people that are going to get on the phone themselves. Right. And you talked about your super strength, which is in yeah. developing talent. The person who's a solopreneur, who's going to bring on their first salesperson, what are they looking for? How are they getting them? Well, they may not have to bring on this first salesperson. Okay. You got to know what your strength is. Yeah. Like me personally, 
I wouldn't bring on a salesperson first. I bring on an account manager first mm. because I, my strength is in sales. But if I'm the guy that's more operation, I like being behind the desk. I like creating the ads. I'm more analytical. Okay, then I'm probably going to want to find a guy that loves to do sales. So you got to find your opposite. And your first employee should be somebody that compliments you, mm-hmm. not somebody that's exactly like you. And same thing goes as you continue to grow. Your number two should be somebody that compliments you, not somebody that's just like you. You don't want your COO to be a CEO mentality. And you don't want your CEO to be a COO mentality. The CEO's got to be somebody that thinks like that, visionary, likes change, adapts very well, can see things a few, maybe a few steps ahead, gets excited about new things. The COO gets almost weary of the CEO sometimes and is almost hesitant to move forward with some of the moves because they want to make sure they got all the things in place because they know they're going to be accountable for making sure it's executed the proper way. And so they're going to ask a lot of questions. You got to permit them to ask a lot of questions. So but in the very beginning, whatever you are, if you're more of an ops guy, then find a relationship guy. If you're a relationship guy, then find an ops guy. That, I don't know. That's the way I look at it. That's yes, the way. 100%. And I think the other part of it is, is that anytime you hire an employee, you're going to create a cash flow tranche. Like you are not going to see ROI on those employees, especially if your opposite is an operational person. Unless you hire a salesperson. Because he can bring a book of business with him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing right now, right? There's a guy we're looking to bring on. We're immediately like, we're going to get revenue just by bringing him on board, right? So, but most cases, like yes. what Dom's saying, it's going to be a two month, maybe even three month ROI. It's, and, and your training is a big part of that too. And I will do a cautionary statement. You are capable of bringing on somebody that <laughs> delivers on a real good book of business. What I've seen so often is salespeople all promise a book of business. And I've seen a lot of agencies get buried by that. Like, well, I leave there, I'm going to bring over half the client base. Well, the client base liked them, but they honestly just liked the work the agency was doing. And they didn't necessarily, now there's different situations. You structure your pay around careful. It. You structure your pay careful. around it. You say, yes, hey, let, yes. let's do this then. Here's what we'll do. We'll pay you a better commission since these are clients that you've already worked on earning versus us. We can factor that in acquisition costs. So we'll give you a better commission on the clients that you're serving and we'll give you a lower base. Right, as opposed to I'm give you the basis everybody else came in without that book, so you get an advantage that other people don't get. Now you don't bring in that book, you make less money. Probably not the money you want to make. Yeah, and then the other piece of it is, is you're going to create the cash flow tranche. You know that have the money in place. Like you're going to have to have the money in place to cover that. The other piece is is that if you're hiring your opposite that you think will just come in and fix things, but you don't have any documentation on how you're trying to do things they're likely set up for failure. And I see mm-hmm. a lot of people who aren't very good at sales. So they hire a salesperson and they hire some guy who's awesome, but that some guy who's awesome still needs some form of script, some form of training, some LeBron form of James everything. wants plays. Yes, great example. If LeBron doesn't have a playbook, with LeBron going to run around the court and make do what him he look does. Wor- you're going to make but, him look worse. Yeah. Because he's not going to look as good as if he had plays that were designed to make him successful and his team successful. You're going to create opportunities for him to fail, whereas plays are designed for plays and players that are on the team. So same thing with sales. Like you may have a playbook and you're like, okay, my goal is to help you succeed. Here's a exact slide deck and here's all the tools Mm -hmm. and sales tools that you need to be successful. This guy's going to do a lot better than the guy that you just said, hey man, just do your thing. I know you're good. He's winging it. He probably is good, but you know, LeBron doesn't look as good if you, you don't give him a good system to play within. Let's take a step back from giving a playbook to somebody else and talk about giving a playbook to yourself. Because I think so many people go into this and say, well, I'm just going to hop on a phone call and, you know, figure it out. Is that the way to go? Just wing it? Obviously, I would think at the beginning, you got to figure out that process yourself. I mean, you're designing a new 
play in your playbook? How does that creative process work for you? I mean, I wing it right now. Yeah. But not everyone should wing it, mm-hmm. right? And and here's the thing. I wing it because I'll still cold call every once in a while. I'll cold call them between stuff randomly because I see a business I want to work with. I'm like, dude, I'm going to call them. Why aren't we working with them? Uh, but if I was going to call all day, I would create a playbook for myself because I know I'll, I'll be more efficient in my goal of calling as many people as I can and being successful with them if I had a playbook. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a little different. So yeah, creating playbook for myself is the same thing. Like, you know, the first 30 calls that I made, I don't know if you were there for my talk, but the first 30 sales I made, sorry, it took 45 days to make those sales. First 30 sales I made, I made them while optimizing my demo. So, okay, I could tell people were getting bored there. Oh, I th- while I was doing it, I felt like this was an unnecessary slide or I mm-hmm. felt like this was an unnecessary point to bring up. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I should have asked more questions around this. I'm realizing people have more pain points there than I thought. So then you're optimizing your sales pitch. And then by the time you get to 30, you should have pretty close to something you're excited about. Because sorry, 30 sales, which probably meant you pitched 120, right? Like mm-hmm. in a demo, right? Mm-hmm. Not like to get to the demo, more than that, but like in the demo, at least 120. So you've done 120. That's a pretty good amount to go ahead and optimize. From there, now it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. Let's train our salespeople on these playbooks. It should be something that you could scale generally. Generally, you you also find out like I did a couple times that some things were too Mike RC personality based mm-hmm. and I needed to make it something that wasn't so based on my personality. It's something that the average salesperson can feel comfortable asking. It might be too strong. I can be strong with people and for some reason it works. Like I can ask really tough questions and the way I deliver it or something, whatever it is, people don't feel offended by the way I ask it. But with other salespeople, and it doesn't fit them well. So I've got to ease up and do things a little differently sometimes that works a little bit more for most people. Uh, so part- going on with the LeBron example, is part- LeBron, yes, does well with a playbook, but if everything starts falling apart, LeBron can wing it because he's been in the league how many years now? I mean, yeah, almost 20. Almost 20 years, and he's that talented. So he will wing it. Mike is the version of LeBron in the sales world. Like, So Mike can wing it through a playbook right now. I think people just undervalue, and I know you're a big believer in this, is get a damn coach take some training, mm-hmm. go to the 10X conference. Like that's not my cup of tea per se, like some of the Grant Cardone stuff, but like if you mm-hmm. don't have anything, learn something. Yeah. I can only say that because I've sold for 25 years now and I've been selling stuff mm-hmm. and it's just not the way I like to sell. Mm-hmm. That's not a crack on Grant. I'm just saying that's not my thing. So I don't yeah. go to his conference. I go to other stuff. That, you can take more pieces of everyone's stuff. You certainly can. And yeah. I think that anybody, if you don't have anything, go get a playbook, like borrow somebody else's. There's nothing new under the sun sort of scenario there. Like, Go do that. Now, Mike can go put his spin on something because of all the years of doing this. And mm-hmm. it can create and he can wing it. And I'd like to think I can do the same thing. But, like, I think people just don't take advantage of the resources that are out there. Take some training. Get a coach. Mm-hmm. Learn how to do it. Because if, if that, sales isn't your thing, then you better get something to support you. And that answer is not hire an employee right off the bat. Mm-hmm. For a lot cheaper, you can start getting a new program. Go to one of Mike's workshops. You taught an 11-year-old how to do a telemarketing call. Yeah. Right? I mean... Anybody can do it if you just get the training. So invest the thousand bucks to go spend a few hours with Mike. Come to one of our workshops. Do something. Just get some Something's sort better of than nothing for sure. And then whatever you do, like if you're going to learn sales from Dom or Sandler or Grant or whatever, it doesn't matter. What I've learned through failure and then and success after is find a style and then just master that mm-hmm. style versus reading 20 different books on sales and getting different perspectives. What's going to happen is you're going to piece so many different styles together that the whole flow of the pitch doesn't feel right. It never works. Right. You know, it, same thing with like raising a kid, right? 
if you're going to take a style where you're like more Socratic with your approach and let your kids think for themselves, but then you got another part where it's all stern, you can't sometimes be Socratic and then sometimes be like stern and demanding what to do. Like the kid's going to be confused. It's not going to work. It's never going to be fluid. You're not consistent. So, you know, Dom already has done really good with understanding how to open the relationship up, how to nurture the relationship, how to convert that from the sale to a close and how to get that close and then, uh, you know, alleviate buyer's remorse and then be able to get referrals. Like all that stuff's part of his process. I've got it. Sandler's got it. Grant's got it. But it's got to flow really well. Mm-hmm. So I think sticking to one person you're going to learn from and just soak all their stuff in, all their books or all their trainings that they've got, their courses or podcasts, just soak it all up and then almost be it. So like if you're sitting down with the guy, the guy feels like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm listening to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think that's really good because you already know that person knows how to sell. Why not just learn them exactly as much as you can, especially if you vibe well with their style. And then later on, once you get some mastery, then you can start mixing in the other styles and go, because that little piece of that would really and you'll be able to that. learn what won't yes. work. You'll see something and you'll be like, oh, that actually, that, yeah, that wouldn't fit. work for me. Yeah. And then you'll see something else and be like, ooh, that would really enrich my thing. But like anything, stay focused when you get started, get some sort of thing. I totally agree with you, whatever that might be, go get something and just immerse yourself into it and make it part of who you are. Because if you're not a salesperson by nature, no sales process is going to feel natural. Yeah. Most aren't. I'm going to take Andy Reid's playbook and learn that. And that's going to be my coaching tree. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to go and learn some other stuff. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people have done it with Ryan Dice, right? Like they just soak up all Ryan Dice stuff Mm -hmm. where they talk. They almost sound like Ryan. You know, there's people that sound like Frank Kern. There's people that sound like Grant Cardone. There's people that sound like Gary Vee. There's people that sound like Russell Brunson. Like you talk to him and you're like, you can hear, what's up everybody? And it's like, dude, you sound just like Russell Brunson. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, you know, but that's just because they saturated themselves so much in and they understand it. Like Steve Larson, who works closely with Russell Brunson, sounds just like Russell Brunson. Like you could hear it, you know? So I want to talk about something a little practical here. And that's like your tech stack that goes into your sales process, right? So I'm imagining Google Sheets to make your list. They're sending your criteria to Upwork to say, go build this list. Yeah, they'll build it in sheets. Yeah, build it in sheets. And then you're calling down that list on your cell phone, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing nothing fancy. I like using a recorded line. Okay, all right. Ring Central is what we Mm -hmm. use. Yeah. Because what does every professional do after they do anything? They watch tape, right? Yeah, we use Zoom here. And Mm -hmm. so is that what you're presenting your demo on? Any activity where you're reaching, like if you want to get better at something, record it. So if it's the first cold call, record the cold call. If it's the close, if it's the demo, I like recording as much as you can because then you can find, you can go back and watch. The cool thing is when you get a a person to go back and watch their own stuff, you don't even have to tell them what they did wrong in most cases. Mm -hmm. You're like, hey man, listen to this real quick. Let me know what you think. And if they did something wrong and you saw it, they probably cringe in their seat. They're like, ugh, I already know. You can see it in their eyes, see it in their neck, their neck goes back. They already know. They'll say like, I know, I know, I, I shouldn't have done that. They don't know while they're doing it, but they know when they see themselves do it, right? For sure. Yeah. And I do it too. I still listen to mine. You cringe, right? I cringe. Yeah. And you listen to you go, oh my God. But I still go back and listen to recordings because I'll hear something and go, well, that sounded clunky or that sounded weird. All right, let him off the hook. He gave me pain and yeah. I went right through, yeah. you know? He, he gave me a layup. And I let him off the hook. I hear it. But because I was too focused on the next thing. Because in my head, I heard a hook that he gave me. And I was like, I'm going to work on that. And then he gave me a second hook that was better. But I was already thinking of how I was going to work the first hook. Because when you're watching tape, you're not doing that. 
when you're watching tape, you're just like, you're watching it right. like the, as second is, is going by. But in real time, you're in your own head sometimes. Mm-hmm. So recording software, very important. Mm-hmm. What, what, what other so. tech stack am I missing here? A good CRM. Yeah, of course. So you can take notes. Obviously, email's good. I like using uh, email that has the ability to tell if, if somebody opened the email. So like Boomerang with Gmail integration is really good. You can mm-hmm. tell if they opened it already. Because if they're not opening it, you might be going to spam. Now maybe time to switch up how you're doing it. Maybe outreach through LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, right? That's another thing too. I like turning on notifications on Facebook and Instagram for when people post uh, that I'm wanting to target, like my real dream list. Um, and then whenever they post, I'm the first one to like, I'm the first one to comment. Because especially if you're targeting small businesses, the cool thing is small businesses with organic, right? It sucks right now. A small business will post, they may get 26 likes, maybe. They may get two comments, maybe. So if you comment, you're 33% of their comments. You, they noticed you commented. Mm-hmm. You know, they noticed you liked. And then over time, you know, you can start sending a message to say, hey, I really love the stuff that you're putting out there. It's awesome. I get to work with a lot of chiropractors just like you. And you're one of the ones that put out some really good content. Just wanted to let you know that. Keep doing it. Right? It stands out. Yeah. Let's talk about one of Marcus Murphy's cringe-worthy things, which is, you know, prospecting on LinkedIn, you know, and just going straight for that. It sounds like what you should do is, you know, engage with that prospect and, you know, mm-hmm. like some of their stuff before you just go, let me give yeah. them a hard pitch, you know. So tell me like a horror story, Dom, from a LinkedIn. Uh, right, let me uh, open uh, up my LinkedIn <laughs> from today and see what happens. I bet you that the, here's the thing that was crazy is I bet you if I were to go right now and I have some new connection requests. I click on one of it before we wrap this. I have somebody with a pitch who's never looked at anything, who doesn't look at anything that's going on. Like, it's crazy to me. And I think it's like anything. It's just the, hey, it's nice to meet you. Do you want to sleep together? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, it's just so wrong. And I don't know that there's any fixing for it, but it, I would say that, yeah, you hope that marketers know how to do it. But I get probably most of my messages come from some form of marketing agency. So it's just, it's a shame. But, you know, the ones that make a difference, it's like well, every once in a while, it's rare, but I'll get somebody who reaches out and goes, hey, I really like it. They'll interact on one of my posts, mm-hmm. they'll say a couple of things, and then they reach out and they go, hey, I like your stuff, exactly what Mike's saying. I don't know if this is a fit for not, but I would love you if you would just take a look. Would you do me a favor? I mean, that goes all the way back to Robert Collier's, will you do me a favor letter from 1931? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that is an effective tactic. Will you yeah. look at something to just tell me whether or not it makes any sense? And I'll read all of those, like, and I'll look at them and I'll respond to somebody and be like, yeah, it's not really for me, but man, thanks for the reach. Or, yeah. or sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. We're not right now, but like, keep me posted. So yeah, I think LinkedIn is an opportunity for a lot of people, but they just miss it. Just, they don't engage. I mean, I put my whole freaking life out on LinkedIn, like not my personal life, but like all my business life on there, everything I'm thinking about, I'm, I shoot how many videos? I mean, it's not hard to figure out who I am and what I'm about and what I might need. Nobody looks. Shocking yeah. to me. You know what worked really well? It's a cool little secret weapon. You believe how surprisingly good this works? So go, you get an email in your inbox, right? Or, or LinkedIn or something like that. You compliment them first, like you said, like we all said, right? And then, hey, you know, what do you think sense? They may ignore it or they may just come back and say like, oh, I'm not really sure. Right now we're not looking. Hey, look, totally get that you're not looking and I really do want to work with you. I know that your time is very valuable and $100 probably isn't a ton to you, but... I'd love to, you know, get you to at least see what we do for just half hour. And if you just give me that half hour, I'll donate $100 to feed my starving children. I know it may not sound like a lot, but it actually helped feed 11 children for an entire month. This way, even if you get no value out of our call, at least some kids do. 
And you'd be surprised. Like some people will just be like, all right, I'll do the call. But some people go, that was good. Like a lot of people say, mm-hmm. that was good. All right, we'll do the call 30 minutes. That was good. And then that, that's usually the icebreaker. They'll say, dude, you got me with that line. They'll say, you got me with that line. You got me with the heartstrings. Is $100 really feed 11 kids? Yeah, it's it's only about like $7 and change to feed a child for an entire month or feed my starving children. So we're really close to. So I really do want to work with you and and I'd be more than happy to feed them anyway. But if it can you know, make something more happen here, I love the opportunity. And that's just such a great way to start that conversation. I've done that a bunch of times. I've done that to get people on my podcasts, right? Hey, let's get on the podcast. Even if you get no value out of it, at least some kids do. But I, for the podcast, usually 500 bucks or something like that. But, and then that's like, you know, 40 kids or 50 kids. Well, we're about to wrap it up here, but I want to do one more thing. I got to do a little role playing, you know, because I know that you love doing it. And I know that you used to love doing it. I don't know if you still love doing it, but one call each way. Okay. And you're an agency and you want to pitch them your services. Okay. You want to go first? You got to give me a setup here. How about it be the agency and, and to go join your mastermind? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go. All right. Hey, Mike. It's hey. good. How you doing, man? Hey, listen, uh, this is Dominic calling from Apex. Listen, I sent you an email uh, the other day with a little video. Um, would love if you get a chance when you get to see it. I'd love to get a chance to take a look at it. But what I'm calling you for today, this is only going to take about 30 seconds. I want to share with you a really cool piece of insight. Do you have 30 seconds for me? I'm a little busy right now. Okay. So I'll take the 30 seconds as a, as a maybe. So <laughs> here, listen, all it is, is I wanted to share with you a statistic that I, it blew me away. If it doesn't blow you away, we'll get off the phone. Listen, uh, I found out that agencies close their qualified opportunities into sales at an average rate of 11%. Shock me. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it seems pretty low. Yeah, right. It's actually, if you look at all industries, uh, it's their average industry across all industries is 24%. And actually, used car salesmen close at a higher percentage than agencies. So that's about thirty seconds. That's all the time that you have. Can I share one other thing with you, though? Do you have just thirty more seconds? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All right, cool. So, listen. Here's the thing: is one of the things that I want to get in there and help people with is to that there is a focus in agencies and most businesses. Quite frankly, is like I got to get more leads. I got to get more leads. It's in this like constant cycle of running funnels and all this stuff to get that. But did you know that if you just doubled your closing percentage, which is sounds crazy, but just one more sale for every 10 people that you met with, that you're already meeting with, you could actually double the size of your agency? Yeah, it makes sense. Right? Mathematically, like it makes perfect sense. But I think most people struggle to find out how to get there. And that's something that we're helping people with. But listen, I called you out of the blue. So I don't expect you, you're like going to want to like take more time with me. Would you, would there be a time where I could call back and show you a little bit about how exactly we're doing this? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I got some time now if you got it. Dude, that was perfect. See, like that, he, he was so casual. I felt like a person. I didn't feel like I was a name on a list. He could have done the exact same thing, but he could have done it in a totally different like vibe. And, and like, I know, I, like respecting my time, he respected my time. He knew I really did have to go. He stuck to his word. All that stuff treated me like a real person. He didn't bulldoze me to keep his script going. Right. And I loved how he nibbled. You know how he nibbled? Yeah. For time, that was really good. He gave me a good stat. Stats are really good. They're also really good at speaking engagements too, like blowing people away with a stat and then getting their attention. Mm-hmm. He got my attention with a stat. Mm-hmm. All good stuff. It's a great style. It's different than mine for sure. But I mean, I could see myself using his style too. It's a, That's a style that I think would work for a lot of people. 
Mine doesn't work for as many people. Yeah. Well, but let, it worked for him. Let's hear yours. All right. So you got turned away. That's how I role play. I don't get the face-to-face on the phone. That's true. Never role play without turning your back to each other so that you can get a real life experience. Partway okay. through it. I haven't role played with my team in a while. So oh, yeah. oh, I don't have a team anymore. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I was like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be looking away. I literally <laughs> yeah, yeah, had yeah. that moment in my head. Because you don't have that <laughs> advantage. The body language will help or hurt yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So phone rings, you'll be like, uh, you know, Joe from Joe's Pilates. Wow. Oh, that's okay. Good. Average okay. Joe Jim. <laughs> yeah. Ring, ring. Yeah, this is Average Joe Jim. Joe Jim, wait, Joe Jim from Joe Jim's Pilates? <laughs> yeah, they have one and the same. What can I do for you? <laughs> oh, man, I, I'm sorry. My name's Mike. I actually was just checking you guys out on Yelp. You, you guys have awesome, awesome reviews on there. How long have you guys been around? Oh, man, we've, uh, I don't know, eight years now. Man, that's really cool. I, 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 I hope it's okay, but I just saw a review that you had with this woman, Mary. She's, you, you, she said you changed her life, her marriage is better, all this stuff, and I had to give you a call. I know this is kind of out of the blue, I work specifically with Pilates studios just like yours, but just all over the country. And I was just checking out one to see kind of what are out there. And that blew me away as well as a lot of the other ones. You have like 40 reviews on there. Jim Joe, can can I take like just 30 seconds of your time? Is is that okay? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Listen, man, I want to work with you. I don't know how else to say any clearer. I want to work with you. And I know I just kind of called you out of the blue. So I probably sound like this guy that just randomly calls people. I'm not. I've, I've checked you out. I've studied what you've got going on. You're a perfect fit for a company like ours. And I just love to show you why I think that and what it would do for you if, if we were able to work together. Can, can I take another 30 seconds to show you what that looks like? Yeah, sure. Can you tell me? What do you, what do you guys do? 100%. Absolutely. Great question. Um, So I actually help uh, studios just like yours get more members. Um, I'm assuming you need more members, but or at least want more members. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Perfect. How many do you have right now, Dom? 35. 35. So we would be advertising for you on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google. In fact, the goal is to make you omnipresent. Everyone around you know who you are, what you do. That's what we do for studios all over the country for over 50 Pilates studios everywhere. Um, So would I be able to show you what it looks like? Are you more of a visual guy? Is it easier if you kind of see it? Um, Well, we're kind of working with an agency right now. So it's like a marketing agency thing, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and I would say a little bit more than that. And I, it's hard to tell, right? Everyone probably says that. Um, but right now, you gave me 30 seconds. You knew that the goal was to help you get more members. Is it because you would love to even have more members than the current agency you're working with is even giving you? Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I yeah. Would. Yeah. Okay. And, and and are they not giving you any more because they've kind of hit as many as they can give you? Or are they are they limiting you just because they, they, they don't want to give you too much? They don't want to see you too successful? Honestly, I don't dig much into what's going on now that you mention it like that. Okay. You shouldn't have to dig. We should be able to show you exactly what's going on, why, and how you can get more members. So if you wanted 10 more members, we want to be able to show you exactly how you can get 10 more members. If you might turn up the heat, we want to get 20 more members than what we're usually getting. We want to be able to show you how to do that. Does that sound like a system you'd rather have in your business? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, that was actually good. Can I show you how we do that so you can see how other Pilates studios are working with us? For sure. Great. Uh, I don't know when you'd have time. Um, I, I know you took the call, so maybe even have some time right now. Can, you have a computer. I can literally share my screen and show you step by step exactly how it works. It wouldn't take more than like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, let me put you on hold for a second. Let me get over to my computer. Awesome, man. Thank you. Hey, really quick, Dom, can I just say something? Yeah. 
I, I went into this reluctant because I was like, man, this guy's going to see me as like this random cold caller. And I know those guys get hung up on. This is a lot about you that you, you actually took the time and you're open-minded and, and you heard me out. Uh, I can't imagine a lot of people do that, man. And and uh, that says a lot about you. I'm, I'm even more excited now than I was before. Thank you for being that way. All right, cool, man. Let me get my computer. Yeah, no. yeah so that Boom. last one is something he does that I have not been able to successfully do that That because you just bucketed me. Yeah. Because now you got to be nice the now whole way through. Nice. I just made you nice. Because he made it that if I do anything from that point forward, reject him, I'm the asshole. The, the gratitude is the attitude. I right just there, made him know? nice. It's up to him to not be. Right. So, so it's called creating boxes. So you, I created a box and I automatically assumed you're in this box. I assumed you're a nice guy. And now you're already there. It's like you got an A already. It's up to you to get a B, right? So same thing. Hey, man, I got to tell you, I, I, I love working with you. I just feel like you're just a hard worker. And I love watching you work. Every time I walk by you, I just see you working real hard. It means a lot. How are you going to work every time I walk by you? Hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, I just got to tell you, you smile a lot, man. I love watching you. Every time I see you, you're smiling, you're happy. You just you just seem like you bring that good energy naturally. It's, it inspires me, inspires others, man. And I feel like you just do it all the time. If you, I love seeing it. I just want to let you know that. I love it. What are you going to do more often? Smile, right? Create a box. It's up to other people to put themselves out bring the positive vibes. Well, I really thank y'all for bringing the positive vibes and bringing the knowledge and coming down to Partner Training Day and, and sharing your knowledge with the entire community here at, at Digital Marketer and, you know, spending, I mean, how long have we been in here? But, you know, it's been fantastic. And <laughs> <laughs> It's sales, so Dom and I could probably go for a while. I know, yeah. and I could I could, I could, listen to, to... We were at a bar last night talking about sales when everybody yeah, else was, was like, you two. and I were like off like talking about sales. Yeah. I, I could listen to y'all's role play, you know, have y'all do 10 more, it'd be so much fun you know but um but here, here's the thing man this is why everyone should love sales anybody that says i hate sales they're not looking at it the right way S nothing great happens until a sale happens you want to change someone's life you got to sell them first you you want to create this impact you've got to sell first you want to get an employee excited to give you 110 percent. everyone wishes their employees were, were given more than 100 percent, right we, you got to sell them on that yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I think it comes down to like, if you really, who does, what business owner doesn't talk about leaving some form of legacy? Mm -hmm. How do you expect to do that if you haven't sold anybody under your thing that leaves the legacy? So it becomes, it's just, it's so essential. So suck oh, it up, Buttercup. You've sold me on your uh, sales <laughs> wisdom over here, gentlemen. So, yes. <laughs> Don, Don, we got to get Garrett on a phone call now. I guess gotta, I mean, yeah, get, absolutely. Make, some, well, make now, some phone calls, Garrett. Yeah, now, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go build my list and uh, start making some calls here um, tomorrow. All right. Well, uh, th thanks a lot, gentlemen. And uh, Dom, if you'll just hit the stop there, right, we'll, we'll go ahead and close it out. All right. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free 
Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.